time for Mac Geek Gab, and listener Ben brings us our quick tip of the week with something he just discovered, another efficiency when interacting with tapbacks in the Messages app on both Mac and iPhone and, of course, iPad. To see who has reacted to a message via tapback, you know, if you, especially if you're in a group, right, and you see, you know, the little thumbs up or the thumbs down or the heart sign or whatever, but you don't, it doesn't show you which person. It just shows you that there are reactions. You tap or click, if on the Mac, the tapbacks stacked in the corner of the message. You don't need to click and hold. You don't need to long press. You don't need to double tap the message itself. Just tap once on or click once on the actual little reaction in the upper left corner of the message. And it will expand the tapbacks themselves and show you what uh, which person responded in which way, which is awesome. I've, I've been driving myself crazy to do this for a long time, so I really appreciate this tip. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek Gab 997 for Monday, August 28th, 2023. Greetings, folks, and indeed, welcome to Mac Geek Up, the show where you send in your tips, your cool stuff found, your questions. And we share your tips like we just did. We will share your cool stuff found. I don't know if we'll have time for that today, but, you know, we always try to squeeze a couple in. And then we answer your questions. Uh, sometimes we even have questions of our own, which we answer together. The goal being that each of us learns at least five new things every single time we get together. And sometimes we'll even play that sound if it's an especially good one. I think that message is one that we open the show with deserves that Sponsors for this episode include one of my new summer favorites, and it's only because I've only really gotten back into it this summer. It'd probably be a winter favorite, too, and that's Hopwater at H-O-P-W-T-R.com slash M-G-G, where you get 20% off your first purchase. We'll talk more about that and the flavors that I'm really liking in a minute. But for now, here, back here, after being at Podcast Movement, back here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, back here after being in Daytona, where it's actually, there's this thing in the sky, Dave, you might have heard of it. It's called the sun. And you actually get to see it here in New Hampshire once or twice a year, apparently, I'm told. Yeah. But anyway, Pilot Pete here in Lee, New Hampshire, fun to be back. Uh, I'm sorry I missed podcast movement. I thought I was going to have to work and then I didn't make it. So right. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, no, yeah. It, podcast movement was, uh, this is the show that they did in Denver, uh, which is the summer show is a little bigger than the winter show. I'm not convinced we need two of these a year. I know they don't like me saying that because, of course, you know, obviously they make money they when like they doing two a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Now, if I were them, I would do the same thing. But um, but it is good to go and, and sort of immerse in the podcast world. Uh, for me, it serves double duty. I get to go as a podcaster and learn about like new gear and and see people who make the gear that we use and like all of that fun stuff. And then learning also as a podcaster, learning uh, how other people produce their shows. One of my favorite things to do, and this will probably come as no surprise to the folks listening here, because you know how much I love like learning from the quick tips and all that. One of my favorite things to do is to go to the, you know, any session that that reports to be podcasting 101, like intro to podcasting. Here's how you get started. 
I love going to those sessions. And I know that might sound strange when you think, well, Dave, you've been podcasting for 18 and a half years. Why would you go to a podcasting one-on-one session? It's because I've been podcasting for 18 and a half years and I learned how to do things the hard way. And people that are even even an, an, a, a correctly titled expert who has been podcasting for three years, teaching people who are just getting started, that expert of three years is going, they learned at a different time than me. They, they're like, they, they started with all of the current tech or at least semi-current tech. They might even be behind the game because of how quickly it changes. Right. But like, I love that kind of thing. And I always learn something from somebody who started far later than me. So, um, so I learn, And then also the, the other side of going to podcast movement is I get to meet with, uh, you know, for the backbeat media side, I get to meet with all of our, agency partners and sponsors and all of that stuff. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a worthwhile trip. And even if I have to do it twice a year, it's still very worthwhile. So. No, that's, that's awesome. And uh, what, what shocks me, Dave, is that podcast has the podcast technology has been around for obviously at least 18 years. Uh, I want to say it's been about 22, 23 years now that, that someone figured out how to put it into an RSS feed. No, it's 19, 19 years ago this month was the first, the first thing that we are calling a podcast, but like, you know, it certainly people were doing internet, but yeah, no, the, 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 the RSS thing, that was something Dave Weiner Dave Weiner did cook it up about 20 years ago, but okay. the, the first real implementation was, I believe, 19 years ago. Okay, so, but, but what shocks me is that look how many people you see engrossed in their phone all the time, everywhere you go. And I'm still shocked at the number of people who have no idea what a podcast is. Yes, it, the numbers are going up. Yeah. But, they are going up, thankfully, and and, and yeah. that's cool. Uh, yep. So, yep. but... It, yeah, it, you're right. Yeah, it's kind of neat. You're right. It, it is yeah. fascinating how many people don't know what a I, I, Yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And then there was that big lawsuit. It's four or five years ago now that the, uh, there was a company that claimed they had the the rights to the RSS yes. feed in the podcast. And yes. I think it was Adam Carolla who stepped up and said, yeah, no, we're not paying you off. Funded no that shakedowns. and fought it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, it was a patent. Kudos control. to him. For yeah. Doing you know, he, yeah. he helped the industry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Anyway, I think we should do, uh, I don't know, a quick tip or two. I'm into it. Uh, All right, man. Rico shares our next quick tip and says, uh, this past week, I got caught by iOS storage. Um, are you finding that your apps are not remembering where you were with the, you know, the, the place where you were, you, where you left off in an app, you come back to it and it doesn't bring you back to that spot. It doesn't remember This can be an indication that you might be short on storage. Rico says after a bit of cleanup, everything went back to working as usual. So um, that that can be another another sign that your phone is getting low or your iPad is getting low on storage if uh, apps are not remembering where they are. So, yeah, I like that tip that any of these little indicators or litmus tests uh, are always important. Interesting. Yeah. I always find it interesting to turn on my phone weather wise and find me in, you know, Florida. like I'll probably turn on the weather today on my phone and they'll say, oh, you're, you're in Daytona beach. Yeah, actually I'm not, you know, here. Right, right, right. <laughs> here right. I am. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so it does remember too much. No, no. I want Sometimes. my current location, please. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of the weather and your location, Bradley shares something he found messing with the iOS 17 betas, but this is a these settings are the same in iOS 16, the current release version. Uh, he says, uh, I decided to jump on the beta and noticed that the weather widget I have on my lock screen was telling me that location services was off and therefore could not show me the weather on my lock screen. Uh, he says, I found a setting that I needed to change to make this work. It's in settings, privacy and security, location services, weather. There are five options there. And he says, but mine was set to only while using the app. He says, I changed it to while using the app or widgets. Uh, and that then obviously opened it up. So yeah, there's, there's five options. Never and always are, are sort of the, the, the most extreme. And then in the middle are ask the next time, um, while using the app or while using the app or widgets. So I, I have mine yeah. set to always, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I tend to generally most apps it's uh only while using the app but if it's right. an app that i know like the weather i want it to see it i just give it always and then that way uh, right it, you know it's good to go so and then now sometimes when i do that you you wind up with uh the note that pops up every couple of days hey you know this this has been using your location data do you want to keep doing that uh, yeah i said it there uh, yes i said it there <laughs> and i've answered that question for you four times already like can you yeah. stop asking i i wish there was that, i mean oh that would be nice apple if you're listening put a stop asking this question yes or or don't ask stop. me for a month and maybe it is don't yeah. ask me for a month like i i I, I guess next time I am asked about that, I need to log it somewhere. Like this app asked me on Tuesday, you know, the, the 14th that, uh, you know, and then right. notice when that same app asked me again, because maybe it, a question, maybe it isn't as frequent as we think it is because maybe sure we have a lot of apps that are, that we are allowing to see our location in the yeah, background. Seems like though, it right, does trivia, seem like it, trivia right? question though. Yeah. Where's the default location for the weather on your iPhone when you open it? Oh, I, I, I don't use the iPhone weather app as my primary, so oh, I don't okay. know. Do you know? I do. Well, would you share it with it, us, I, Pete? I, I will share it with you, and then I'll ask you why it is that. Okay. It's Cupertino, California. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Of course. And you know why that is, of course. Yes. That's yeah. That's Apple's worldwide headquarters. That's where the phone. That's where the phone comes from. <laughs> Every, that's right. Uh, not really. It well, comes from China. Where it was designed. It was designed. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Shenzhen, Cupertino, you know, one yeah, of these. One of the, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they might be, if they could drill through the earth, right? Like they, they could, they could maybe make uh, shipments happen faster. So oh, would, maybe, yeah, maybe if they, down the hole, they team up with the boring the company side. and instead of, <laughs> you know, just going under the surface, just go straight down. Yeah. Just drop it in the hole and they'll come out the other side. And, yeah. <laughs> Here comes another one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately, I think it would melt at the earth's core. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Oh. Um, Get all us right. out of here, Dave. Dan go to, go to has, calendars, please. Dan has our next question. Quick tip. Dan says, I have many iCloud and Gmail calendars and use uh, the calendar app on the Mac. 
He says, I have a color for invoice issued and another color for yet to be invoiced. And I sometimes want to see which of my customers are yet. Oh, he, he also uh, says, I want to see which of my customers are yet to be invoiced to avoid plowing through hundreds of entries. And this has meant unticking the 20 or so other calendars just so I can see the relevant calendar I found. So that's a really, really specific and perhaps unique use use case, right? So there might be a quick tip baked into that. There might also be a, why are you sharing this with the audience at large question, Dave, baked (laughs) into that too. And it's because he found a tip that might work for the rest of us for our use cases. And that is, he says, I found that if you press option and command, you can solo the calendar you want and the others disappear which is super helpful. I I don't use Apple's calendar. I use uh, BusyCal. And it is often that I want to solo a specific calendar in BusyCal. And you can do that in BusyCal by right-clicking and, and choosing just show this calendar. But it is super handy. If I want to see my gigs calendar or I want to see the family's calendar or whatever, just by itself, just to see, all right, what do I have coming up on this? Super handy to... Um, to have those uh, right there. So that's great. Option and command to solo a calendar. Thank you. Interesting. That, well, you I answered know. my question before I could ask it, which was, does it work in busy count? But there you go. You right click in busy. Cal it's a different thing in busy Cal, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A, a, a similar one. I use it for notes is then I just use tags and then I can, then I look sure. for tags. On, sure. But, but you have to tag it that way, but that's, that's a brilliant way to use the calendar on invoices. It, ah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me like, it hurts my brain a little bit because I don't think that way, but I li- like, like, like I said, I like learning new things. So like, yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, another quick tip from listener Ben. I believe this is the same Ben that helped us open the show. Ben, so thank you twice, Ben. In addition to, we talked in the last episode about changing the cursor size, right? The ma- the mouse cursor size on your Mac yeah. so that you can. Uh, By shaking the mouse. Well, but also you can or, go into accessibility and literally set the pointer size to be larger than what it defaults to. And I've done that on all of my Macs. My Like, you know, people sit down at my Mac and say, why is your mouse so big? It's like, because that way I can find it when I have so three I screens up. It. That's right. Yeah. In addition to that, Ben points out that you can also change the mouse's fill and outline colors. And those are in the same place in uh, system preferences or system settings, accessibility, display, pointer. And uh, he says, I like mine to have a a dark brown center with a light gray border. And that's interesting. Um, You know, so less contrast, right? Instead of because normally it is a black center with a white border so softening that a little bit um but i could see you know you make the border some color and you can like find it like that's i i might mess with that i haven't done that yet but i might i might do that because there's a lot of things on my screen that are black and white now that i'm even just like while we're podcasting here i'm looking at my screen it's like there's so much white and black maybe that's why the mouse gets lost blends right in yeah it blends just because it blends in yeah Yeah, I'm not seeing it in settings where to change your mouse size, but I know it's there. It's in um, accessibility. Accessibility, yeah. It should be there but, in display mm. pointer, and um, you see pointer size. There is pointer size accessibility. Yeah. yeah there you go. So okay. I'm going to, while we're doing the show, I'm going to change my pointer outline color to um, purple, and we will see oh. if I like that. 
Um, it oddly, it did not change for me. So I don't know. Oh, there it goes. Interesting. Yeah. You have to turn off the, you have to hit, get out of there first, I guess. For it I, to change. I, right? Yeah. I kind of needed to mess with it. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this goes for this, uh, this recording, but already like I can see where my mouse is. It, it jumps off the screen. That's, yeah. I don't know if I like that, but you know, I did go. the same thing. We'll see if we stick with it. We'll see if we stick with it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. And our rounding out quick tips today comes, the last one comes from Mark M. It says, I thought this might be a good time to share a savings tip, given that iPhone season is coming up. Yep. It says, I use my Chase Unlimited card to get 1.5% cash back on everything and 3% back on dining out. And these points add up over time. Essentially, I have free money in my rewards account. And now they're currently offering 10% discounts on Apple gift cards to sweeten that deal. So you take that free money and use it to get your $1,000 iPhone for $900 of free money. Because you've, if you've got your free money, you buy an Apple gift card, you get an extra 10% over what you spent. So it would really be $990 uh, for $900 of free money because that's how the credit card companies make their math work. Uh, he says, I have no affiliation with Chase. Of course, he says, but now may be the time to apply for one of their cards and save your points to get your Apple product next year. Oh, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very cool. Yeah, no, that's that's a great idea. And then for others looking, if you're not going to buy the new iPhone, when the new iPhones do come out, then the current ones are going to go up on the refurb store at refurb.me. So you can get a new one or really or really close to new at a good price. So I love to have something refreshing to drink all year round, but especially right now in the summer, I like carbonation. I like the mouthfeel of carbonation. I like the taste of hops. I'd like to have something with a little bit of flavor. I don't always like to have alcohol. Sometimes I will, but not always. And if I'm not going to have alcohol, I don't want to have like any calories or sugar or anything else like that. And this is why I'm loving hop water. It is a non-alcoholic sparkling hop water created with adaptogens and nootropics for added mood boosting benefits. It's got ashwagandha in it and L-theanine. And I love the way these things just kind of relax me and chill me out. I've been drinking these pretty regularly for, I don't know, a month plus now. I've had them before, but man, I got back into them this summer and I love it. I'm probably going to have them when we finish the show here. You got to try this. I've been really into the blood orange flavor right now, but w when you get it, like order the sample pack so that you can try all the different flavors and really find out what you like. In addition to blood orange, they've got mango and lime and then just their classic flavor. Hop water is the healthy way to hops. And I really know you'll love it. And we have a special limited time offer just for you as a Mac geek cab listener, get 20% off your first purchase. Plus Get free shipping when you order 24 cans or more. So to get this offer, go now to our special URL, hopwater.com slash MGG. That's H-O-P-W-T-R dot com slash MGG. Don't wait. Order today. Go now to hopwtr.com slash MGG. And our thanks to Hopwater for these delicious beverages I've been drinking and for sponsoring the episode. Dave, I think it's time we go to a couple questions. I'm in. And all right. Larry wrote to us this week and he says, my Mac laptop has been my primary computer for a long time. I started in iPhoto and then did the in-place migration to photos. Now I want to move to my move it all to my 27-inch iMac so I can use the screen real estate. 
what's the best way to move the photos and eliminate all the iPhoto to photos cruft that was created over the years and during the in-place migration. When I first got the iMac, I was still on iPhoto on my laptop and just copied my iPhoto library to the Mac, to the iMac, and then converted to photos on my iMac. And during that conversion, it duplicated my photo library. Ouch. <laughs> I now have two copies of my 800 gig photo libraries. It, it, it is not hard uh, links. It is duplicate files, huh. which I didn't think was supposed to happen. But anyway, I need to get a clean copy of my photos with all the albums, keywords, etc., on my iMac and to make the master database going forward. I've never turned on any of the cloud photos features or functions. I have 1.4 terabytes free on my two gig plan. Two terabyte and, plan. Uh, two terabyte, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. terabyte <laughs> plan. Yeah. I meant, I meant what he knew. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and I can use that uh, path if it's the best way to go. Does this copy over albums, keywords, t tags, etc.? Also, I also know you have talked about some great third-party apps that do wonders managing iPhoto libraries and if that might be a better option. So, yeah, this, this is interesting. I um, I would start with iCloud Photos. I, I, I think this is going to be the cleanest path, but it will wind up using a lot of your home internet data. So if you are bandwidth limited, if you have data caps for your home internet service, think about this, especially with an 800 gig library, because it's probably going to send somewhere between four and 800 gigs up and then back down if you were to do this path. And and that path would be just to state it clearly, you would turn on iCloud photo library on your existing computer, let it push everything to the cloud. Then you would turn on iCloud photo library on your iMac and let it pull everything back down uh, to there. It does come with albums and, uh, you know, all of the other things that you asked for. Yes. Keywords, uh, uh, tags are tags in the photos app. Somebody, somebody will have to correct me if I'm, I, I think I, you can. Yeah. I think you can tag them. Okay. So it's a different, but it's a different tag than the yeah, but OS it, tags. Right? It does yeah. like with Lisa's, you know, Lisa's Mac mini died recently that we talked about when that lightning storm. And so we migrated her to, uh, an M1 Air, and I realized that her photos library was pretty big. It was, I don't know, whatever, it's seven, 600 megs, 500 megs, something, gigs, sorry. <laughs> uh, and I thought, you know, I this has been upgraded and migrated for a very long time. I wonder if it would be sh smaller if I just let it slurp everything down from iCloud, sort of, quote unquote, fresh. And of course we have backups and everything in case it comes down and it's not right. Well, it came down and it is right. It also came down at almost exactly the same size as her prior library on the Mac mini. So it is efficient, even though it's been upgraded and migrated over time from iCloud, from iPhoto to photos. So we didn't save any space. We also didn't lose any data doing this. Uh, and that is now the photos library that she is running from is the one that we pulled down you know, quote unquote, fresh from iCloud. So that is how I would do it. I, but just be aware of the amount of data that, that you're going to use. Um, if you don't want to do it that way, 
copy the photos library over, not the iPhoto library. So assuming you are correct with the two, the duplicates, I agree that that's weird. Normally it's supposed to be hard links, but maybe not. Um, so just copy the photos library over to the new computer. Um, it'll probably have less cruft than you think, <laughs> given what we just learned with Lisa's um, experiment there. But, and, and then that should just work on your new um you know, on your new Mac and, and that, that would be fine. If you want to do some deduping and some cruft cleaning, I am a big, big fan of an app called power photos from fat cat software. It is so good at all of those things and more. So, uh, I, yeah. I, and if you, if okay. you feel like something didn't go right with your, change from iPhotos to photos you can have it look at both of those libraries and and you know merge and dedupe between the two of them as well so it like it's a great utility uh, for doing anything with with photos so I, yeah. that sounds far more focused the one i had always used was gemini and gemini oh. will dig into your photos library as well but it sounds like power photos is more focused on the on the photos database yes issue more sensitive to the needs of that database than it, it, Gemini may be. That is correct. That it, That's exactly oh. what it is. It It is really focused on cleaning them up and it will find similar photos and, and, you know, it'll tell you, Oh, well, here's a duplicate, but this is the smaller version. This is the larger version. It's fantastic. I, I, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan. It, I, if, Dave, I would wonder, would it be worth, and I would, because it's your photos, I would make two copies so that if you drop, one of the discs or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Make two copies then uh, of everything, then delete one of those two and, and see if that works, you know, delete the old iPhotos and come with photos. Sure. And see if that works and then upload. But I still agree doing it with iCloud because then the beauty is no matter what happens to those backup discs, you've got it in the cloud now. It's in the cloud. Yeah. And, and you, and you're paying for the storage. Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it, to me, there's no downside to that. And yeah. we have never, I don't even think I need to knock on wood for this. I, I will just cause it's, it's my, my superstition, yeah. your photos, <laughs> yeah, it, but it's okay. So the wood has been knocked. Um, we have never heard about Apple losing someone's photos that they uploaded to iCloud. Certainly we've heard of people deleting photos. They didn't intend to delete like, mm -hmm. you know, human error, but Apple has never lost that. And here's the thing. They know that, the damage done to one person from Apple losing their photos pales in comparison to the damage that would be done to Apple, to everyone else's trust in Apple for their right. data. If Apple lost someone's photos. So it, like they are far more incentivized to keep our photos safe than we desire them to be right. Like it's like, right. It, yeah. It, I think your bigger danger with storing them in the cloud is getting hacked and having somebody, you know, steal fair. your account, so to speak, than, than Apple actually losing them. Yeah. So as long as you've got good two factor authentication and everything else. Exactly. Very little chance. Yeah. 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 Unless somebody so. hacks your phone um, and like, you know, steals your phone and knows your passcode. And we've, you know, we've talked about that, but otherwise, right. yep. Yep. Right. Shall we move on to Andrew? I think we shall. All right. We shall. So a Andrew wrote oh, in. I'll, says, I'll, I'll, no, oh, I'll, I'll read Andrew's question. Yep. I, I, yeah. You know, I, I'll i get up to speed with our new little terminology and, and my little shortcuts here. 
Andrew uh, says, recently we were watching a TV show and a song came up. So we asked Siri to identify it and it was done quickly and accurately. Later, we realized that we do not know where the inquiries are made regarding identification. Uh, you know where these go. Do you know where we can see past requests? And he says, I don't have Shazam installed. And and, uh, it, it, so it, it, and he, he talks about how Apple should build Shazam into the OS. Shazam is built into the OS. Apple acquired it back in 2018. So it actually is there. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, that's, you know, that's so, where these So there's go. a twofer there. Yeah. Where, uh, where do the searches go and, and why didn't Apple buy Shazam? And I, I was not aware of that. Uh, so, but I wrote to him, of, of course, everybody knows that uh, the, the government keeps all our Siri and Alexa and, <laughs> that is, and Google that's searches. That's not true, folks. Uh, oops. Uh, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. I sent I sent Dave a meme a couple of weeks ago. My wife asked me why I was speaking so quietly. I said I didn't want the A-lady to hear what I had or yeah. what's his name? Zuckerberg to hear what I had to say. My wife laughed. I laughed. The A-lady laughed. Siri laughed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, they hear everything. But uh, no, they're not storing it. Well, the A-lady may be, but I don't know the, the details on that. I, I wrote him back and said... Uh, as for the history of your Siri searches and uh, Apple, to protect you from evil, does not save your requests. They use some de-identified database stuff to improve it. Uh, they got a long way to go there. Sorry, my editorial phase is now over. <laughs> so uh, while you'll never need to worry about hackers or private investigators or jealous spouses, you won't have the benefits of being able to go back and seeing what questions you have asked the uh, of Siri in the past. Um, but my understanding is, is that the A-Lady may actually have your search history. And then, Dave, it's been some time. I don't know if you want to briefly cover the story of how Shazam was developed. It, it was kind of a funny story, I thought. that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I will, yeah. I will say, if you yeah. go into settings, privacy and security, analytics and improvements, uh, you will see things that you can choose to or not choose to share with Apple and Siri and dictation are on that list. Um, you can turn it on and then it, that says it helps improve Siri and dictation by allowing Apple to store and review audio of your Siri and dictation interactions from this device. And then there's, there's a link to learn more about how they uh, disassociate that from you right but it right. is yeah, it was still my understanding your that voice they could, that law enforcement could never go back and go you know hey sit, hey yes lady how do i get rid of a body right uh, right you know they can't go back and, you know but they do like you're you're right that other um uh, uh, the other engines the the a lady and um google you can go and get that data you can download from amazon all of your uh a lady requests and it's fascinating to hear yourself back. Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. Yupper. A little terrifying. <laughs> Yupper. So, yeah. No. So, quickly, uh, that, that, that was a great story about okay. the, Shaz the Shazam. The, the Shazam origin story. So, yeah. at, at WWDC, there used to be a session. It was the one session that was never recorded and uh, was only for people in person. It has not existed for a very long time, uh, or at least, you know, not that long, maybe eight, 10 years. But uh, it was a session called Stump the Experts, and it happened late in the day. Uh, I believe it was on 
I think it was on Tuesday, like the keynote would happen Monday. I don't think it was keynote day. Might have been. But uh, it always, whatever, with the, the evening's flow for the day of Stump the Experts was the Apple Design Awards would happen from like 7 to 8.30. And then Stump the Experts would start at 9 o'clock and go until 10.30 or, or something like that. And it was, it was a bunch of uh, current and former Apple employees on stage. And then obviously the, the, the rest of us were in the crowd. There were maybe 30 of them on stage. And it was essentially a game show where the crowd competed against the experts. The experts could ask the crowd questions. The crowd could ask the experts questions and there would be points. And it was very irreverently organized uh, so that generally the, the people on stage would win. And it was, but it, you could get like a t-shirt and, and things like that. And it was, it was a good time, right? Fun. So, uh, there was this half hour break between uh, the, uh, y- you know, the design awards and the thing, and they'd play some house music yeah. or whatever. And then the event starts. And this is, you know, the, the, the first time I went, I had no idea of this one element of it. And, you know, some at some point during the thing, a, an audience member will go up to a microphone and say, I'd like to earn some points for the audience by identifying a song. And. The host, uh, Mark would, Mark and Fred were the two hosts, Fred Huxham and Mark. Why can't I remember Mark's name? Anyway, um, Mark would, would say, okay, great. Wh- which song? And then the person would say, oh, I, I identified this song. And what they were talking about was the songs that played between the Apple Design Awards and the beginning of Stump the Experts was a carefully crafted playlist of very obscure music that most people have never even heard before. And it was a nice way to sort of pad the point tally for the crowd if you happened to know one of these super obscure songs. And one year, uh, the year that they had released the iPhone development kit, but uh, we had not yet launched apps like the dev kit came out in like March, I think, of that year. The app store was coming. So the iPhone was was brand new uh, or, you know, less than a year old, just about a year old. And uh, and the app store was coming. And so developers had been able to start developing their apps ahead of WWDC so they could come and actually interact and ask questions and learn things. And it wasn't just all brand new at WW. Um, so they had had the dev kit for a few months. And one guy goes up to the uh, microphone and says, I'd like to identify a song. And Mark says, great, which one? And he says, all of them. And proceeds to list all of the songs 100% accurately in order. And Mark is standing up there with his jaw on the floor and then because it, his personality and all that, he's like, you cheated. How did you get a copy of the list? The answers, yeah. Right. He's like, that's <laughs> like, I'm the only one that saw that in my iTunes library up until like, you know, 20 minutes before this whole thing began. He's like, how did you get that list? Who gave it to you? And the guy's like, I swear I didn't cheat. And he's like, how did you know all those songs? He says, oh, I didn't. I made an app and that app was Shazam. So it was literally made to scratch this one itch for this one event. And then obviously they went on to to do very well. And, and, and then in 2018, Apple acquired Shazam and now it's built into the OS. And um, one piece of advice, you can, you can still install the app, but the functionality is there. If you simply uh, like, you know, uh, Andrew did, if you simply ask the S lady, and I have to be careful now because I put the iOS 17 beta on my phone, so I can't. Yeah, even, so all you have to do is see. Yeah, I gotta seriously, go, I got to go change that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a I haven't had a misfire yet, but it's been not yeah. you know like 12 hours. So 
Um, cause I didn't want to do it until I got back from my travels. I wanted my phone to be reliable, uh, while I was yeah. traveling. So, but if you ask it, it will use the Shazam, you know, functionality to, uh, listen and then tell you it searches the music, uh, genome database and, and tells you, you know, what the song is. And so, uh, which was open source before like that Shazam, they did not build the database. They just built the, the, um, interface that the app to access to it to, yeah to link and pull it together so um the, all that functionality is there you can still download the shazam app for free from the app store and then have you know a, a search history and all of that so if you want that that's how you would do that but what i did was you can add a shazam um widget if you want to call it that to the control center and so I have it on the top row of my control center on my phone. So if I want to know what a song is, I don't have to say anything out loud and I can quickly just swipe down, tap the Shazam logo and instantly now it's listening. And I have added no noise or really much distraction to the, the you know, the room. And it's just like, oh, yeah, there it is. And it, you know, five seconds later or whatever listens to enough. Yeah, that's nice. It. Yeah. So the, the the Shazam widget, as it were. Yeah, yeah the Shazam There's widget. Technically no widget. Yeah. And yeah, so you can Beautiful. you can customize your control center again in uh, settings. And I now it's just settings control center. And you can it, it's called music recognition, but it has the Shazam logo uh, and you can add it to your control center. And then, of course, you can reorder things so that the um, things are where you want them. I have code scanner as my first widget. Music recognition as my second one, Apple TV remote as my third and calculator as my fourth, because those are the widgets that I use the most. So they are across the row of the top four and I can get to those very quickly. So, yeah, I've never I, I use my camera as my code scanner. So it just. Oh, but see, code scanner is one step better than camera because um, with camera, you have to open it up and then you've got to use your finger to tap the code. Right. Uh, With code scanner, as soon as it recognizes a code, boom, it jumps to the link that the that the code um, is there. And that is built in. This is not a a third party app. This is part of the phone. So let me get the quick tip spanner back up at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Yep. There's another quick tip. That is awesome. Yep. Okay. Yep. So. There was there Very was a benefit cool. to this Shazam origin story. It turns out there were yeah. some tips baking baked in here. So yeah, baked yeah. in. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yepper. Uh, Paul right. has our next question here. Pete and Paul yes. asks, uh, and I will I will bring this up. I swear. He says I've got a MacBook Pro circa 2017 that can run up to Big Sur. Uh, I've decided to give it to my sister. Following Apple's directions, I wiped and reinstalled the OS and I created a new Apple ID for her. Perfect. I set up iCloud and set up the App Store with that Apple ID. When I try to download pages, for example, the App Store says that I need Mac OS 12.3. I can find no way to get an older version of pages onto this Mac. And of course, this Mac cannot run the OS required for the current version of pages. Searching the web indicates tough cookies is it really true that i can't set up one of my macs for a family member with a new apple id and have it be able to use the old versions of pages keynote and numbers that i was using on this computer before i wiped it and gave it to her can you help pete 
I answered it, and I think I said, sadly, uh, Paul, this is this isn't going to be an easy or straightforward one, but but I believe it can be done. Ideally, your sister already had an Apple ID. Don't know how old she is, uh, and and had a version, and that would be the the bestest uh, way to go. But right, like you, uh, if your Apple ID was on there, Paul. You could download these because you have access to the old versions you in your account, right? That's exactly it. Okay. Yeah, so he has access to it. But I, he said, you know, he did my a new one for my sister. I said, if she has another one, that would be the best way to go. But assuming her new Apple ID is not associated with a previous version of, of the OS and pages, uh, he needs to create a, new, a user account on that machine with his Apple ID and give it admin privileges so he can affect all the accounts. Then open the Mac store, download the pages, uh, you know, with the go to go to pages and use the get button. And it should pull up a previous version by going, you know, going to the bottom. Yep. In fact, I wrote down in steps in order. So let me read them real quick. Provided you already downloaded pages from the Mac app store in the past, open the Mac app store, click on your account. And at the bottom, this will give you access to the purchased pane. Locate pages and initiate the download from there. And you'll see the message telling you that the latest version is incompatible. So it will download and install the previous uh, yet compatible version. Uh, but note here that the latest version of pages, my understanding is that it's restricted. It's not possible to edit shared documents on the desktop app. Sure. You can open them, sure, but you can't save the changes. So to do that, you're going to have to use pages on iCloud. To, on the web to edit and share yes the icloud.com yes oh pay, version of pages and then you can yeah. edit and share documents that way so uh all that being said i i haven't tried it this is from my my search and research on how to do this that 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 seems the way to do it so so i said so in short you're not forced to upgrade hardware and operating systems by apple unless you don't want to go through the daily hassles tongue in cheek there you know yeah so yeah. So I, I think that's, that's brilliant, the way to do it. though. That's the way to do it yeah. with a separate user yeah. account that you just because once you get those on there, then they're there for everyone. You can share use. them across all accounts. Yes. Right? Yeah. They're yeah. by default. They would be shared across all accounts. Yeah. Uh, so me thinks that's how to work it. <laughs> oh, dude. No, I, I that that's yeah. great. I yeah. that's really it's that separate user account. I don't know that I would have thought of that. I would have been like, all right, well, let's log her out of the app store. I'll log me in, which you could do and download them oh, and all yeah. that. But, but like it starts to convolute things. I, this keeps it nice and clean. And yeah. Plus it gives you, it should work. It gives you, it, it preserves a test account on that computer that has admin access. And that's never a bad thing to have either. Right. So absolutely. Huh? I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I so, like it. Yeah. yeah. So, huh. Um, we got another question from, uh, I try to mispronounce the name. So here, here, I'll try and get it right this time. Something from Discord. G yeah. Berlisle. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, through Discord, G Berlisle wrote, has anyone used trip mode to limit data usage on the Mac while connected to a hotspot? Suggestions on other or better apps to do this. And Dave, you've got it. Uh, yeah, the only way to do it, in uh, my humble opinion. Well, I mean, trip mode is a great app. Oh. I've used trip mode before. Yeah. Um, it is. Mm -hmm. it, it, I think we mentioned it as a cool stuff found years ago. It allows you to choose which apps are able to use Wi-Fi data and which apps 
are not. And it stops it at the, like at the network level right there. I can see on the website that it's even fully compatible with Mac OS Sonoma, which isn't even released yet. So it very up to date. I've used this. uh, I did use it in the past when tethering. I've also used it when I'm on like a crappy Wi-Fi network and I need to do a specific thing. So I will turn off like software updates and all the other things. However, nowadays, um, I've been using for, especially for Jibra Lyle's purpose, I've been using Apple's low data mode, uh, which you find in the Wi-Fi settings. Now, mm-hmm. this only turns on for your current session with that Wi-Fi network. I've found that if I go, you go into, you know, system settings, oh. you go to, you yeah. go to Wi-Fi, you hit the little eye next to the the network that you're on. And you have a few options. You can, you know, automatically join. You can limit IP address tracking. And there is an option for low data mode. And this is a a, a single setting. So you don't get the granularity that trip mode gives you. So you may still right. want to use trip right. mode, right? But uh, but your this low data mode setting will stop, you know, background operations and and all of that from uh, from happening. So I've used this with great success when tethering recently. But what I notice is when I disconnect and reconnect, the low data mode setting is turned back off. So you have to think about it. Uh, And you might not even notice that you've disconnected and reconnected from a tethered network because that just happens sometimes. So you might like trip mode, um, but but certainly if you don't have it installed and you don't want to burn data downloading it because you're on that connection, turn on low data mode. That will that will save you there. Oh, that's yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that it only happens for that session. It wouldn't have occurred to me. I would have thought, well, once I turned it on for that network. Same. I don't know how I found Uh, that out. I'm sure it was the hard way, but yes. Yeah. 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 I know I used nine and a half of my 10 gigs last month. Yes. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I was on the road a lot, you know, and I'm going to use it. And and that boy, that's nice, though, to be able to do that. 10 gigs is very nice. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Hey, Dave, Sean wrote in and asked, uh, I have a question about the Apple watch. I'm 53 years old and I was looking at the series eight as it comes with some health monitoring features. I know it's techie cool, but I'm wondering on your thought, uh, wondering your thoughts on, is it worth it? Basically I'm wanting a no BS assessment on it. I, I don't need the latest shiny thing. But I do want something practical. I like swimming and I see it's waterproof and water resistance for that water resistant for that. So, um, Get you one, man. I, yeah. Well, next I, my, so here, here's my advice and I, and I will point out uh, for those of you coming back around that we are recording this episode on the 25th of August. It'll come out on the 28th of August of 2023. And though it has yet to be announced as far as I'm aware at this moment in time, uh, there is almost certainly an Apple event happening within the next couple of weeks where yep. new iPhones and new watches will be announced. So, I would not buy a new iPhone or a new watch today unless I absolutely had to just buy it today. If today's the the correct day for me to buy, then I would buy. And if I were going to buy a watch, I would almost always buy the latest version. And this is because unlike with iPhones, I don't always get a new watch when a new model comes out. Uh, I have only owned two Apple watches in my life. Uh, I've owned the series zero and the series five, and I'm still using the series five. In fact, last year 
I bought a Series Eight when we got you your Ultra and all that, Pete. Yeah, and yeah. I and then I I you know it arrived and I was like, I don't need like it's not for the way I use it. I'm not going to notice any difference here. I oh, have the always okay. on screen with the the Series Five, which I really like, right, right. and that's it. And so I um, so I therefore I I don't always buy the the latest one every year or I don't buy a new watch every year, but whenever I buy a watch, it will be the latest one like that is, there's no question in my mind that buying the latest version because they last me so long makes sense. Get the, all the latest technology that you can have so that three years down the road, you've still got hopefully what you need. Um, so I, I would, you know, if it were today and you needed to buy a watch today, then yes, the series eight, but otherwise I would go for the series nine. Um, and I might buy the series nine next month. I will, we'll see what they announce with it. Um, it, you know, see, see what's new with it and all yeah. that, but man, I'll tell you what, they, they are amazing little devices. Uh, you can get the EKG. Oh yeah. The, uh, the heart rate monitor. Um, and I know Apple has covered these stories, but, but I actually know somebody who is, he, he's one of those guys who, if you ask him what time it is, he will tell you how to build a watch. Uh, he, he's yep. retired, but sure. we were flying together one day and I said, you know, what's the difference between the LNAV minimums and the VNAV minimums on the approach? Because, you know, they're 20 feet apart. Sure. Well, 45 minutes later, he quit telling me the difference between, I'm like, I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> but that that's just to point out how detailed that this is a guy who would sit and read the Honeywell manual on how the computer works in the sure. airplane uh, on a jump seat because that's what he liked to do. That's what, that's what he's into. Sure. Yeah. So he was biking one day and he always, he rode his same bike, same path. And he knew that at this point, his heart rate was within, you know, five beats a minute. Sure. Here and there, that sort of thing. And he was biking one day and he's like, my heart rate is off by like 30 beats a minute from where it should be. And I'm putting the same effort in. And he went to the hospital and, and it saved his life. Um, it In that case, oh. it didn't tell him. He was that attuned to where his yeah. heart should be and all that sort of thing. Yeah. But I know Apple has told these stories on many occasions. You know, it comes up and says, hey, we're noticing something. You may want to get checked out here and people have gone and said yeah you you had a widow maker ready to go or you know whatever it is oh yeah, that, uh, oh, yeah. uh so the 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 benefits of having this thing even even just me. from that standpoint let alone the convenience yes. of it i i will yeah. say i your sleep monitor and i yada, mentioned yada. that i put the uh the beta on my phone i also put the the current beta on my watch last night ah, and okay I have to say the user interface changes that they've made on the watch are already. And like, I am literally 12 hours out at this point in time from using, from having uh -huh. it on my watch. It went on my watch while I slept. So I've really only had like an hour with it. The user interface changes that they made are spectacular. You press the digital crown and it pulls up your app list now. Okay, great. You press uh -huh. the, side button whatever that other button's called the flat button on your watch mm -hmm. that now brings up control center on your watch which um. is so much better i can't tell you how you used to be able to bring how i used to bring up control center i would just swipe around from different edges until it appeared well, from the bottom up for those that are listening there it is <laughs> yeah still i doing it. <laughs> always got yeah. that wrong right okay it, yeah so having control center being able to pop up with the push of a button so that i can jump into theater mode or you know whatever mode i need to be in that's awesome. 
And then you spin from the watch face. If you spin the crown widgets appear, and that's also what happens if you swipe up from the bottom, which is a far more intuitive thing because it, they're, mm-hmm. it's like sort of the same thing is happening. Notifications still come down from the top. It's really I, like, and, and I'm doing this off the top of my head without my watch yeah. on my wrist to confirm. And I can remember what to do. Whereas previously I've had a watch since the series zero came out. Couldn't have told you how to do any of these things. I would have just been like, Oh, just swipe around until you get there. So I'm, I'm stoked about these, these user interface changes, the user experience changes for the watch. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That um, is fascinating. I, I, I don't think I ever knew that notifications came by swiping down from the top. See what I'm saying? There they are. Another quick tip. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, hold on. I yeah. have to do it. You got to do it. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is almost football season, American football season. Uh, in fact, I, I think we're in pregames now or preseason games, whatever it is. And this yeah. always seems to be the time that live TV streaming questions start coming into us. So I wanted to kind of get ahead of this. Uh, this year, because there there is at least one new option on the table for this. Um, so as far as I know, here in the United States, there are now four options for getting your local channels with your sports, which is what a lot of people wind up paying uh, to get this uh, from, you, you know, you, you can football is the one thing that we can't just buy, pay the NFL and get a stream for it here in the United States, at least not to my knowledge. If anybody out there knows how to do that, please let me know. But I don't, I don't think it's I don't think we can do it. Other countries can do this for U.S. football games. We don't get to. And it's because they have long term contracts with the networks and and the networks are holding on to them. You know, you're going to have to pry this from their cold, dead fingers because when you do pry it from their fingers, regardless of whether the networks are alive or dead, this will kill them because or it will force them to change dramatically because it's the one thing that keeps people sort of tied to to live TV or one of the big things. So there are uh, four now. Last year, I would have talked about three that would most likely get you what you are looking for in terms of streaming live TV with sports and that those three were and and still are. YouTube TV, direct TV stream, and Fubo. Um, the Fubo is Fubo and direct TV stream, unlike YouTube TV, will also get you most of your regional sports networks. It's not as big of a deal for uh, for most football games, although in some corners of the country it is. Uh, but it is a big deal for other sports stuff. YouTube TV does not let you get regional sports networks anymore. There is a new player in this realm and it is Hulu plus live TV. Hulu plus live TV doesn't have as many of your regional sports networks, but it does have your, your local stations and you can go to each of these well before you buy and, uh, and, and look to see what networks you would get. YouTube TV is 73 bucks. Hulu plus live TV is 70 bucks us Fubo is $75 us. And then direct TV stream is a hundred bucks. You get more with it, but depending on whether you care about the more mm-hmm. you may not care. So, uh, so I those, will add, go ahead. 
Yep. The YouTube TV is the one this year that has Sunday Ticket. Direct TV, I think, lost it. I don't think you can get Sunday Ticket through Direct TV Stream anymore. Okay. Um, but I know YouTube TV has Sunday Ticket this year. Now that's an extra that that, that costs three hundred yep. bucks or so extra. Yep. Um, you can get that it, with I I'm I'm pretty sure you can get some of that with Fubo with the others as well. So, oh, okay. Well, because um, I think it's. E- no, NFL Network has a Red Zone channel, which is yes. similar, but not the same. Yes. So the Red Zone channel is always good. Uh, you, uh, Sunday Ticket has a similar, I forget what they call it, but uh, it's similar to the Red Zone channel, which anytime there's a team, there's, you know, four games, six games going on. And when a team gets into the Red Zone close to scoring, they go to that game. And so they keep updating all day long. And if there's only one game on, then that's what they stay with. Right, but, right, right. Um, yeah, those are, uh, those are good options. Yeah. 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 Um, Mark M in the chat points out that the NFL network offers NFL plus for thirty nine ninety nine a year, which gets you live local and primetime regular and postseason games. So live uh, local, not all games, but your local ones right. only on your phone and tablet. And oh, my course. guess is that they've engineered it such that it won't go over HDMI. Uh, I haven't tested this. I, I will. I'll, 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 I'll. Oh yeah, I bet. Because they can I bet. do that. However, uh, you should be able to. Uh, don't get old. It's bad for your memory. What is it when you're screen sharing, Dave? AirPlay. AirPlay. You should be able to AirPlay it to your I don't, TV. I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I, I haven't tried it with this, but yeah. I have seen it with other things. Probably engineered it's, it, it's so blocked. you can't do it. Yeah, Apple. So I can't watch it on my big screen in the backyard. Correct. Ugh. Correct. Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll test this. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just finding out about this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say that um, you know some games are subject to blackouts and this, that, and the other thing. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll tell there, you what. Though, there one are other two. Quick thing. There are two other services that I want to make sure we yeah. get to here. These are yeah. without your local channels, so they probably won't serve the sports needs, but if that's not what you need live TV for, then uh sling TV is $55 and Philo is $25 a month. So those are other options to check. We will put, I will put links to all of these, of course, in the show notes at MacGeekab.com. I will also put a link to a, an article that I found at Clark.com that compares all of these uh, with a beautiful chart that really kind of lets you see pricing and, uh, it, you know, all, all of the various, uh, various th- things you get your local channels, how many simultaneous streams, how many user profiles, how they're all of these allow DVR in the cloud. And, you know, like some of many of them are unlimited, uh, sling is limited to 50 hours. So that's radically different from like YouTube TVs unlimited or even Fubo pros thousand hours. So go through it'll show you the number of channels they have it's a it's a handy little chart so yeah 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 and we just moved my daughter into an apartment with three other girls okay and they've got uh, i think about four million three hundred and twenty six thousand channels between because one has hulu and one has netflix and one has youtube tv and the other it's it's so they've got so much just by each one of them paying for one thing yes yeah you know they've got they've got a gazillion choices (laughs) 
that's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, so. no, that's that's the way to do it. So share if you can. I, I know Netflix uh, started putting the kibosh on sharing your password, Yes. But. And and I found, like, we have Fubo. That's the one we've chosen to pay. We also have DirecTV mm-hmm. Stream because, as I've yeah. mentioned, they gave me a three-month free account like three years ago. Um and they haven't turned it off. So three months is almost up, Dave. My three months is at any point in time. My three months might be up, which is why I've like I'm I'm the fool here. No, because I've continued to pay for Fubo all the way through because yeah. I know the day I choose not to let Fubo renew the quarterly rates on Fubo are way cheaper than monthly. So I pay quarterly, but I know the quarter I choose not to renew um, will be the quarter where my direct tv stream like account just hey gets, dave yeah Pete. I, I got a question yeah so if you were to stop paying for fubo yeah and direct tv were to cut off how long would it take you to start paying for fubo again just asking for a friend um probably probably pretty it, it would probably happen pretty quickly uh, yeah, we do so, right. we do use it quite a bit oh, okay. M- mostly with the channels app like it does yeah, most okay. of it so we aren't interacting directly with fubo but but yeah 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 gotcha. there there okay. are there have been a few months where i've realized we have not watched anything on live tv though which is why fubo's mo- quarterly pricing is um much less expensive than its monthly pricing i'm sure yeah yeah so um but yeah, yeah, it's I, I forget where I was going with this. I, I'm totally distracted now. I was oh, going to bring us to cool stuff found. No, it's oh, um, but Fubo. So, oh, I know where I was going with it. So um, when our son was out at Reed College in Portland before they foobarred their computer science department, <laughs> uh, it's worked out for him. He's got a full time job as a software engineer now. So it like life's good. Uh, he found a path, which is great. Um and he starts Monday today, the day the show comes out. So, woo. Um, when he was out in Portland using our Fubo account, it was interesting. They did let him do it. Um, when we had a YouTube TV account, that one complained a lot that like, you're not in the right location. You shouldn't be doing this. It was very Fubo was like, you're not in the right location. And therefore you don't get to watch live game live football games from uh from home yeah. right like yeah, you, you can, could like i was in los angeles i couldn't watch the patriots game i was going to be but you could have the watched Rams the patriots game after it ended you could watch your recording uh, of it right but not while it was happening live and so he had to figure out other ways to to watch those live and it was fine gotcha. we, we set him up with channels and that was the way to do it because channels yeah. doesn't doesn't care yeah yep so um yeah uh, so just bear that in mind if you're going to be doing sharing where you're not in the same general area. So, um, but yeah, 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 that works out. All right, let's go to some cool stuff found, shall we? I think F- we but folks, send in. If, yeah, I, I'm curious as to how you folks are using your, uh, li- you know, how you're solving for live TV and all of that stuff and, and what your use case is, because we all have different use cases feedback at macgeekgab.com is is where we want to hear from you well that's where i'd send it feedback at macgeekgab yeah man feedback at macgeekgab.com all right you want to bring us to chris i do chris wrote in he says just a follow-up on inoculoso a uh, uh, mac mini from monday's show using and this is important the non-mac app store version of daisy disc 
You can scan the Mac's hard drive as an administrator and see the space taken up by the system files, snapshots, as well as other users' folders. This has been a super useful tool for me, uh, who up until recently has shared a Mac with my partner as a separate user. And that's the one that was driving me nuts when we were talking about that. I could not remember Daisy Disk. And the non-Mac App Store version is is the way to go. That thing will show you your computer. Yeah, if Dave has it up on the screen, if you can watch it on video, Facebook, YouTube, go there and look at this show. You can see what it looks like. It it has. It's uh, cool. Yeah, it is cool. It, it has like a, a circular pie chart almost, but you just hover over that huge, large file there with your mouse. And it tells you, oh, this is the file. This is the user file. This is what it is. And, and it shows you where it is and how many gigabytes it is. Yep. And I I believe dangerously it will allow you to go there to delete it oh <laughs> so. I, like that's what to me that's one of its best yeah. features is you can yeah. just delete yeah. right from there it's like oh i don't need that anymore yeah. boom yeah. gone be so. better you better careful you do well, not delete an entire user <laughs> y- yes that's right <laughs> because you can yep yeah you can yeah as long as you're running it as an administrator which which yes. as chris yeah. points out you can do so yeah that's yeah. great yep so um no that i tried out a new app well it's not that new but it's seen significant updates since the last time I, I used it. It's an app called flighty and it is a flight tracking app. I, I am a big fan of the flight aware app for, yes. for tracking where planes are. It's, it requires some manual uh, clicking and, and like you, you have to like to find where your plane is before it gets to the airport where you're going to get on it. Um, flight aware requires some sort of jankiness uh, jumping around flighty uh, does this sort of automatically. And for the 25 hours before your plane takes off for you, it starts tracking where that plane is, because that is one of the biggest sources of flight delays is your equipment not being there. Right. Your so. airplane, you're, you're in Chicago. Your airplane is on the ground in Des Moines with a mechanical. Guess yeah. where you're not leaving from. Right. You're not leaving from <laughs> Chicago unless they change your equipment, which sometimes yeah. happens, but sometimes, but not often. Right. Because the, no. the, it, this is a very choreographed dance for Yeah. Yeah. We don't just have extra airplanes laying around at every airport. Correct. It, right. Yeah. Right. So there was that. But the thing I really liked about Flighty was how it integrated with my phone's both lock screen and the 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 bubble at the top. What do we call that stupid thing at the top? The that notch, the notch thing at the the top. Right. Because you can like they can put things up there and it showed me on my lock screen. I had a fairly detailed uh, display of where my flight was, you know, the time to, uh, to, to get on it, if it was going to be delayed, like all that stuff. But even as I was just using my phone, the little notch at the top showed me my gate number that I needed to get to. And this was only, you know, a couple hours before the flight, right? Like it didn't do this for days, my gate number and how much time I had until that plane took off at little countdown timer, right up in the notch. So, it was super handy at the airport. It was like, wait, what's my gate? Oh, right. It's right there. I think TripIt should um, be inspired by this uh, this kind of lock screen integration. Oh, yeah. I would love, because yeah. I pay for TripIt, which is one of my favorites. Flight uh, Flighty is not inexpensive. Uh, it's about um, 50 bucks a year for a 
Um, I'm looking at, at their pricing here. Yeah, it's fifty forty nine dollars a year for an annual uh, subscription, two fifty uh-huh. for a lifetime. If you want to do it for your family, it's eighty nine dollars for the year or four forty nine for lifetime. So again, like you know that that's real money, valuable. But I with already paying for TripIt, I'm like, ah, do I really need this? You know, how much is this extra little bit worth to me? But I really liked it. They give you your first flight. Your first one's free. Uh, yeah. So I got my first flight for free. What's really cool is that you can link it to your calendar and it will slurp in flight data from uh, your calendar. So you don't have to manually enter flights. But of course you can. And oh, then nice. you can be part of other people's TripIt. I'll call it your like the family, but you can put a share group, right? Not trip at share group, the flighty share group where uh, you can just automatically share your flights with other people. So you don't have to say, Oh yeah, by the way, here's my flight for today. Here's my flight for today. You can just say, yeah, the, the, me and, and these four other people, we're just going to share, you know, our flight data together or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, That's it's very cool. It's cool. I I'm a, yeah, I I'm, I, I'm curious to see, if I choose to pay for it before my next flight, I, th- there is a non-zero chance that that will happen. And it's probably a yeah, whole lot. Greater. I need to look at that and play with that a little bit. I've yeah. been at the, at the risk of bringing in another one. Uh, I've yeah, always used flight radar 24 and I'm not sure that that gives you, where's my airplane. Right. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Ahead of time. But uh, the cool thing about that one is you can take your iPhone and point it at an airplane flying over and see, Oh, well that's uh, you know, that's Delta flying to Dusseldorf. We use that or, at the very first um, Ma- Midwest Mac barbecue standing in Barry's yard. We had like four of us with, with our phones in the air. Cause we knew you were landing at uh-huh. O'Hare and, uh, and we found you. So nice. which was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You were flying very, very cool. fast over us yeah. though, Pete, very fast. Very fast. I, well, you know, I was in a hurry. I was trying to get there. <laughs> trying to get to the barbecue. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be late. Yeah. So yeah. the other cool thing about flight radar 24, it does have a disruption map. So you can see, you know, where the delays are in the world, who, where ground stops are and that kind of thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, so. Flighty has ground maps too. Like it'll show planes taxiing, yeah. and I didn't know that yeah. that data was publicly available. So, uh, like, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, FlightAware does that. I thought I could be wrong. Maybe, may, yeah. and maybe, and maybe the pro version of FlightAware. I use the free version of FlightAware, but it gives me my notifications yeah. that you know when the pilot filed the flight plan. Uh, if yeah. there are delays, I get those before I get them from TripIt or even from the airlines. So yeah, FlightAware's. Yeah, I think right once you block out that, all that ads B starts getting picked up from your transponder to the to the FAA system. If so, there weren't enough watchwords and acronyms in the show already. Pete yeah, just, uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> ads B is. Uh, I'm not going to try and remember the exact thing but it, it's essentially there's a transponder which is a radio that sends a four-digit code to air traffic control system so they can identify you on the screen and uh, uh ads b allows you to uh, see other aircraft and then to see you it's part of the tcas system this i can remember traffic uh collision and avoidance system which actually has airplanes computers talking to each other so if you're heading nose to nose right at each other it my airplane will start saying descend descend now and it'll the other airplane will go climb climb now oh so you get away from each other it's fascinating and that's why um uh near hits not near misses because they are misses they're real misses near hits yes uh, they are, are real misses. Um, yes. yeah they are there are more misses than hits 
with the congested air system that is out there today because these computers are talking to each other and much more efficient. And it's actually our rule. If air traffic control tells me to uh, descend now and my computer or my TCAS says climb now, the rule is I listen to the computer. Wow. I disregard air traffic control. It's faster, more efficient, and it's talking to the other airplane. It's telling right, me to right, descend. Right. ATC tells me to descend. No, no, I'm climbing. I'm following my computer. And that will. Fascinating. There was actually a case many years ago where an air traffic controller told a guy to descend, and so he did, even though his airplane was telling him to climb, and there was a midair, and it oh. and destroyed both airplanes. Yeah, it was bad. I'm not, was I don't want you to change anything, but your Wi-Fi has been awful during this show. Uh, I know at it. At times. I know it. Okay. All right. I know. Yep. Yeah. I, I figured right. you might you might have be- become aware of that. Yes. It Mostly yeah. fine on the audio. Mostly fine on the audio. I, I heard Good. it once okay. there, which is why I figured I'd, I'd acknowledge it. But uh, yeah. I, I have one last cool stuff found before we pull the ripcord. Maybe two. Um, yeah. Spider Medic says his router, uh, their router. I don't know if Spider Medic's gender. Uh, Spider Medic's router recently died. And Spider Medic's, this is uh, in Discord, says, while shopping around online, I found that Best Buy is offering 15% off of a new router if you bring in an old router. So I brought in an old TP-Link travel router that was probably 15 years old and saved 50 bucks off of a new router. It's pretty easy to find old routers. So if you're in the market for a new one, it might be worth digging around in your closet for a piece of 2.4 gigahertz gold. I love it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if, you know, I found that little, it's about four by four inches, that little airport express. Yeah. I used to haul around with me. That's a router. That's, that is a router. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So a piece of two. And I got my lightning hit 1900. Yep. Yep. Nice. So I do have one more. We we do have time for uh, another one from Ben. We've talked a lot about eSIMDB. Ben says, last weekend, I got married uh, at a place in California, which is a Verizon dead zone, but has good AT&T reception. And of course, Ben uses Visible, which is a Verizon MVNO, so no service. So in prep for that, I went looking for an eSIM that supports AT&T. He says, I started with eSIMDB because we talk about it all the time, but it does not make it easy to determine which networks are used by any given SIM. And so he found eSIMS.io. So that's E-S-I-M-S.io, of course, linked from MacGeekab.com, which does show the networks that most eSIMS use. Uh, He says that led him to discover Nomad, which sells prepaid data-only SIMS, and the ones for the U.S. are simultaneously compatible with Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. He says, I paid 11 bucks for three gigs of Nomad data, and it served all of his needs. Thank you for that. That's great. I love finding more things to find out about eSIMS because it is a thing that we all yeah. seem to be using quite a bit these days. So yeah. and with that, Pete, it's time to bring the band in. Here they come. Here they come. There they there they were. Here they are. Yeah. Fun one folks. But they're not they're not on stage with us though. No they're not. They're below the stage. They're below the <laughs> stage. That's right. They're yeah they can't see what we're doing. They just have to trust. Yeah. Somebody told them play. Oh. 
And so they yeah, played. That's right. Maybe so that they've been playing discussion. this whole time. I just time. realized that was a behind-the-scenes thing. We had a discussion <laughs> pre-show about Dave playing a gig tonight, and he's actually on the stage, and that's a good thing as opposed to being below the stage. Right. Where he can't see the performers. Yeah, theater, theater shows so. where the band can't see the performers, is it, it's very strange for at least this particular uh, musician. So thankfully, yeah, this weekend we're, we, well, by the time the show comes out, the run is over, but doing Rocky Horror, midnight performances of it, and... Um, yeah, it's 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 nice to be able to. And you've never seen the show. That and blows I my mind. officially have never seen Rocky Horror. Of course, I've seen it from upstage center where the drums are, but um, but I have never been an audience member for Rocky Horror. So, you know, there you go. Uh, thanks to everybody who sent in questions. It makes a huge difference. Obviously, it's what it's what the show is. Really, thanks to every single one of you for listening to the show. That's Great. what makes the show what it is. It's amazing. I've got something for you to do, though. What's that, Pete? Share the show with a friend. Please share the show with a friend. That's our only ask this week. Please share yeah. the show with a friend. Thank you for doing that, folks. Cashfly, uh, thanks to them for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. And make sure to uh, check out our other shows. I'll put links in the show notes to Pete's So There I Was and My Business Brain and Gig Gab. But, uh, yeah, please share the show. That's our, that's our ask. Thank you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for sharing the show. And uh, have fun this week. We'll see you uh, we'll see you next week. It's time, Pete. It is time. Pete, I want you to get ready. Well, you're out there. Read this week, everyone. Here's what I want you to do. Have fun. Do any, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And if you do, don't get caught. made on a Mac. DTFN. Later.